You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Stapes and Broughton invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears, where we are balls deep in scoop. <laughs> I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton over there. That giggle, that was my work wife, James Hartigan, who is Hello. holding up a gigantic sign of... Uh, What's that guy's name again? Your favorite EPT champion of Kent all time. Kent Lundmark. Yes. I don't know why any. there is a giant picture of Kent Lundmark <laughs> in this studio, by I've the always way. been too scared to ask in case it's James and he brings it in every day from home. <laughs> and that other soothing voice you're hearing right there, that is my work abusive stepdad. That is Matthew Broughton. I am in Los Angeles. They are in London. It's just after 7 a.m. here, and I have been Tinder-free for nearly six hours, so... <laughs> I am fresh as a daisy. Just kidding, guys. I've been doing good with that whole thing. Coming up on today's show, Scoop News and Reviews with Jason Mercier. He is our guest on today's show. He did a stream. It was kind of a big deal. Talking to him later on. We had some more poker in the mainstream, and poker saved our lives, apparently, in a recent issue of Esquire magazine. And Newsweek did both the video and an article on uh, ladies playing poker in Monte Carlo at our event so that was kind of cool coming up later in the show uh matt has blessed us <laughs> with permanent content <laughs> our show he is doing adventures in online poker every single week for the foreseeable future i love learning about your new gigs in tweets by the way matt thanks for letting us in on that one do you know what well look, we'll talk about it later on but i i found out the day after the last podcast so i didn't mention it and i it was just a bit of a bummer because actually i could have done with the audience but we'll come to that later I find it hard to believe James was surprised by this as, he, as if he's not the person like signing the checks and pulling the street. He's like the Kaiser Soze of poker stars. <laughs> I wish I had that power. I genuinely knew nothing, but my immediate thought was, well, that's good. More content for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm happy. And I'm, and I'm very happy for you as well, Matt. Yeah. Thanks. Good job, Matt. Wait, you? Uh, <laughs> speaking of, uh, I don't know, something James just said that was I was going to lead to a good segue here, but I don't have one anymore. Turns out I forgot it. This week's super fan is Sean Gunnels. He wants to be quizzed on the Trailer Park Boys. Um, okay, good yeah. luck to uh, that, to the audience on that one. That's going to be a thing. Let's hope that it's not as big a debacle as last week's super fan quiz. Le I feel a little bit sorry for Greg because he's been tweeting nothing but apologies for the last few days as to how he tanked in the quiz and is really embarrassed about the fact that he created to coin an expression ear poison. Uh, but Greg, <laughs> honestly, it's all good. And I'm glad you got your hoodie. Um, Greg tweets, not sure if more offended that you sent XXL or because it's a perfect fit. <laughs> I would like to repeat to all past present and future super fans it only comes in one size you don't get to choose and even though it says xxl it's more like a medium bordering on a small to be honest wow <laughs> more tweets about last week's show we have got spear saying that the kevin hart hand is becoming more anticipated than star wars the last jedi i can reveal that there are conversations taking place that hand is going to see the light of day sooner rather than later we're talking weeks rather than months um, I, love, I love it. it's such a great indication of the speed at which any decision is made is that like what is it three weeks ago i can confirm that conversations are taking place <laughs> like, oh well done you wow anytime now well i think because there are pros and cons and i think that the arguments are being had about is it right to release it now when the TV shows aren't going to air until the first quarter of next year? And 
let's be honest, it contains a major spoiler for said TV shows. Right. And also, what's it kind of pointing to? Are you just releasing a hand because you want people to see it? Or is it actually advertising something? Because my reaction to that would be, where do I see more? And if the response is, not until January 2018, I'd actually be quite annoyed by that. Well, that's, I mean, James is right, Matt. That is like a two-week conversation. I don't know if it's a four-week conversation, but, you know, two whole weeks to discuss that. Everyone, in, everyone in the company just sitting at one table every single day from 9 a.m. till 5.30 p.m. <laughs> having this one conversation until it becomes clear. And Christopher Bean has been on Poker in the Ears theme music watch. He says that the music that you just heard that opens each week's podcast it's been used in ITV's Save Money Good Food. They used it while a chef was chopping a pollock. <laughs> Sweet irony. Everyone loves a chop pollock. <laughs> uh, Matt, what response did you get on Twitter to your big announcement that you were going to be streaming every Monday night on the Poker School Online Twitch channel? Well, yes, we will talk about this later on the show, but it was really, it, I didn't want to like pick out everyone because the beautiful thing was that lots of people replied when I made the announcement that I was going to be a regular Twitcher for the Poker School Online, is just all of our usual, like, Pokestars Championship and, you know, old EPT gang, all just chipped in going, lovely jubbly. A lot of the guys that, you know, when we've done our limited little foires into the world of Twitch before have been like, oh, yeah, we'd love more of this. And it's always been the same argument. I just don't really have a good reason to spend every single night of my life like Jason Somerville in a sweaty basement somewhere talking to myself. So now I have a good reason. But yeah, it was just to really pass on the love that said, thank you very much for all your, your very kind tweets. They're much appreciated. I have a question for you, Matt, which is unrelated to PSO mm. and actually related to something I was watching on Sunday night. Why were the BAFTA TV Awards so shit? I am, you know, I know, I know I'm a member of BAFTA. I know I'm a judge. I am nothing to do with the shit TV stuff. And I just want to make that quite clear in case anyone wants to send me any hate mail. Yeah, but I don't, we still I don't have know. to answer for them. I don't have to answer for them <laughs> at all. So it's not part of my contract. I'm just... It's the same reason when people are like, what about, what about when I go to Europe? They're like, what about Donald Trump? And I'm like, ah, uh, I don't, <laughs> like, you got to answer now for all the BAFTA. Yeah. I do kind of feel in the same way that my dad blames me for every poker hand he's ever lost online because <laughs> yes. I'm somehow connected to online poker that yes. as you are a BAFTA fellow, that you should stand up and say yes I'm sorry that the show was an absolute abortion to watch and I apologise what was wrong with it James honestly it was just so embarrassing it felt like you know how like British versions of award shows traditionally always felt like so small and rinky dink and a pale imitation of the big American ceremonies and then in recent years We've kind of caught up a little bit, and now yeah. we've earned the respect, I think, of the international TV and film community. This was going back at least two decades. Every joke fell flat. Every award just felt so so small, so parochial. James, I'm going to ask you a fairly obvious question, but are you sure you weren't watching the Eurovision Song Contest? Because <laughs> that also happened pretty recently, I think. Yes. I, ironically, I actually had a gig. I was meant to be playing with a band this weekend, and it got cancelled. The brilliant thing was, there's a small anecdote which wasn't meant to be here, but I'll tell you anyway. So we get a phone call on Friday from this venue saying, I'm really sorry, but like um, somebody, there's a christening, and they want to rent out the pub like for a private party, and they've got like a DJ coming in, so we're going to have to cancel the band. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez. But the good thing was, I got to sat, had a takeaway, and watched the Eurovision Song Contest, which I haven't watched in decades, and it was hilarious. But I forgot to tell everybody that the gig had been cancelled. My dad rang me <laughs> about half past nine and went, hey, Sonzo, um, 
aren't you playing at the uh, uh, the the ball tonight? And I was, no, no, it got cancelled. He went, guess where I am? And I was like, oh no! And he had, <laughs> he had turned up to surprise me. But the brilliant thing was, I said, right, I want you to go and find both the DJ and the christening. Guess what? Nil, nil. No christening. What? There was some old guy with a keyboard who clearly cost a fraction of what my band does, who my dad said he's currently having a problem with the sound system. He can't stop it feeding back. Everyone thinks that that's his show. He's just going... <laughs> and he's clearing out the pub. So anyway, that's a really long-winded way of saying, yeah, I watched the Eurovision Song Contest. Because you got gazumped, basically. I know. You got ousted. Yeah, but it sounds like the guy blew it, so Matt and his band will hopefully be back to be like, why, why do we try to save six pounds... Now, Joe, I'm pretty sure that things like Eurovision and the BAFTA TV Awards don't make it to American screen. So what did you spend your weekend doing? Well, I actually had the biggest stand-up comedy gig of my life at the uh, the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. It's the most famous comedy club in L.A. It's the one where Louis C.K. did one of his specials from there. And Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's prestigious. You know, and Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams all perform there. And um, it was a really great night. Uh, unfortunately, the way I got myself in there was because the promoter um, knew I could sell tickets. <laughs> and so it was like I got paid nothing. And I brought in pro- – I probably sold 25 tickets. And um, 10 of which I, I probably bought myself because <laughs> they were for people that I didn't feel c- – like I wanted to say to people like – I'll put you on the guest list, but there was no guest list, and it was just me buying tickets and then putting them in their name. Oh, bless and so, you! Yeah, and so a bunch of these people who like I didn't make it clear that it like wasn't a guest list didn't show up. Um, so I bought like a whole bunch of tickets that didn't even get used. In fact, there are these two people. I was like walking on the Friday night, and this guy leaned his head out the car window, and I was with two girls, so this was awesome. And he's like, "Hey, are you the poker guy?" And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, man, what's up, big fan, blah, blah, blah. And these two girls were super impressed. So I was like, hey, if you like comedy, I'm doing stand-up tomorrow night. DM me on Twitter, and I'll put you on the guest list. And I put him and his girlfriend on the guest list, and neither one of them showed up. <laughs> so that was four, 40 bucks I ate right How there. How much so, do you reckon you spent on this show, from which you earned nothing? Um, at least... Two hundred dollars <laughs> in tickets, wow. and then I and then there's always spe- the promise to buy a drink for anyone that comes down, which is just the standard default setting. I understand. Yes, which I didn't actually do this time. Wow. Uh, so, but I did buy a few drinks. So I went, I was I probably spent close to three hundred bucks. You um, know, what? everyone's got a hobby. Yours just happens to be stand up, and there are certain costs associated with it. You know, exactly. every weekend you blow $200, like, you know, buying your way into a venue, then so be it, Joe. What a great investment. Look how happy you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually quite happy with, with the night. Uh, and hopefully, it's an, hopefully it is an investment and I end up getting paid to go there one day. I actually had the most awkward encounter, though, the day afterward. Um, I, was, I don't want to say I was hungover, but maybe I was still drunk. And I was at, uh, I went to the farmer's market near my house and I walked past none other than Norman Chad. <gasps> and you crossed the streams. <laughs> poker <laughs> funny was... guy meets poker funny guy at market. I thought I heard an explosion off in the distance. It was really weird. I was like, uh, in a, one of those situations where we both walked by and just said like, hey, what's up? And then neither one of us knew if we were supposed to stop and talk for longer. And I was like. There's like all of a sudden I got super paranoid about like this rivalry that that maybe does exist between me and Norm and I'm just not aware of it. And I was like, I can't just walk by him. So I like ran back 
and like stopped him. And then we had this really forced, awkward conversation that I couldn't tell if he just wanted to be out of it or if it was just awkward. And luckily I had like a, a lady friend with me. So I was able to introduce the lady friend and then kiss Norm's butt via her. Right. Because I, because I could go, hey, this guy right here does the same job as me, only he's the original and the best, and like everyone in the world loves him. Because um, I couldn't just say that out loud yeah. to him when it was just me and him. So I was able to like get some of the awkwardness, I think, out of the way and just be like, hey, man, like, I do respect you, and I'm not trying to steal your job, even though I really, really want it. Um, <laughs> Obviously. And then at the very end of the conversation, oh, he, by the way, he admitted that um, he loves uh, poker. He loves watching poker on TV. He watches everything. Uh, he watches EPT. He watches Poker Night in America. So um, I wasn't even really sure, but apparently he's a big poker junkie. Um, and then uh, basically I knew I was going to see him this summer because, well, <gasps> what I ended up saying to him was this. So I think I'm going to be around this summer uh, because I didn't know if our bosses – our bosses have told him yet that I'm going to be somehow a little bit involved in the World Series of Poker broadcast this year. And I awkwardly did. I was like, oh, my God, have they told him? I don't want to be the one to tell him <laughs> because I don't know if he knows yet or if he'll be like pissed off possibly. But it turns out he did. And that's really all I can hint at right now. But what we can tell you is that there's a lot more World Series of Poker coming at your eyes and ear holes this summer from Vegas. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Ears News. We have got a lot of news to get through, actually. Someone else who has a new gig is Gary Gates in our team here at PokerStars. Now, Gary used to be what we called the VIP host, and he basically looked after all the super high rollers at live events. And then he took a different role, and he's now back in a position as uh, kind of a player relations rep for live events. But not just for the super high rollers, not just for the guys who spend 100k, but for everyone. And the idea is there is someone for players at every bankroll, at every single stop, whether it's a festival, a championship, or a mega stack, someone they can talk to. And they had in Monte Carlo, and Gary announced this in an article on the PokerStars blog, they actually had a meeting in Monte Carlo with a lot of the players to hear their concerns, to hear their feedback. And the one thing that everyone was still banging on about was the change to the payouts because obviously in barcelona last year we changed it from 15 percent to 20 percent mm -hmm. it meant that obviously more players were cashing but it was taking money out of the top end of the prize pool the first prize was reduced it meant that the bubble hit at the end of day two rather than the start of day three and after running it for nearly a year after running it for nine months we've collated enough feedback that clearly it was not a popular move. And I know that people could say, well, it was clear after Barcelona that it wasn't a popular move. But I do think you have to give these things time. And I do think you have to hear from a variety of different people in a variety of different markets before you reach a final decision. You don't want to knee-jerk. But I think it's clear that the majority do not want this. So with immediate effect, from Sochi onwards... We're back to 15%. Now, I'm interested, and this is slightly devil's advocate, but that, that body of players that, that gave that feedback, did that include lots of qualifiers who have never been in a big main event before? The surveys that we get from everyone who attends a live event, including the online qualifiers, I think it's, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it's something in the region of three quarters to four fifths 
were happy with 15% or would prefer 15%. Now, my view has always been, I actually thought 20% was great for a main event. I personally would have liked to see 15% in every other tournament, but for the big one, for the 5K main event, I thought 20% was a good idea because of the qualifiers, yeah. especially like the spin and go qualifiers. But it's been decided to return it to 15% across the board. Uh, so congratulations to Gary on his new gig. Check out him talking about that on the PokerStars blog. I think it's worth mentioning also what enormous, gigantic testicles Gary must have to take this job on because I would not want this job. I would not be like, hey, poker players, got a complaint? Come see me. No <laughs> fucking way. Well, the good news is that Gary can facilitate a meeting with the people who can actually listen to those concerns those grievances and potentially bring about change and that's the idea of having these player meetings and again this is not just about those who scream loudest who tweet who blog or put posts on facebook gary includes his email address in this article on the pokestars blog so i know like a crazy person but the good news is anyone can talk to him it doesn't matter whether you're someone who plays a 170 pound mega stack or someone who rocks up to a 100k super high roller everyone's opinion is valid uh, while we're talking about articles not one but two mainstream articles about poker joey yeah, uh, I noticed, actually, I was walking by a newsstand in Hollywood, and I saw Esquire magazine had an article that said, uh, how poker saved my life. And I was like, well, it's going to be a slow news week. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, so I bought the uh, the Esquire magazine. And this first one here is, I didn't even realize that first was written by A.O. Scott, who you guys must know over there, because he's like one of the biggest entertainment writers in the world. He's like a like a weekly contributor for uh, Entertainment Weekly. Yes. Um, I... I'm not going to lie to you. I found this article very hard to read. Oh, interesting. Oh, thank God. Do you know what the thing is? I really panicked when I saw your notes on this because I read it twice and thought, this is horrible. And then I saw your notes saying, and this is A.O. Scott, one of the biggest entertainment writers in the month. I thought, really? I thought it was a dreadful piece. I totally agree. I liked interesting. Some, I, yeah. liked some of the, I liked some of the language. I liked, there was this phrase about Night of the Living Dads, which I thought was a brilliant line. But other than that, I thought, what a horrible style of writing. And then you turn up and tell me this is one of the most acclaimed entertainment writers in the world. It shocked me. I mean, I've, I've actually, if you're allow me i would like to read a section of the article which i think exemplifies the style of prose that made me say you cock bollock <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. if it was true that i lacked a pack a collective entity i could call the guys wasn't that a sign of my enlightened rejection of the savage rituals of male bonding i'd done my time in grade school, riding bikes to the 7-Eleven to peek at Playboys. In college, <laughs> debating French movies over bad red wine and camel straits in filthy dorm rooms and evolved beyond it. And getting past paragraphs like that is really hard. Have you read the Alan Partridge book? Because... <laughs> When I read the Alan Partridge book, I read it all with that voice that James has just done. The self-appreciating, for a guy who likes to wear tweed, I love nothing more than country book. It's like, oh, you tosser. Well, I feel this way about this guy a lot of time in his entertainment writing. I'm like, oh, get over yourself. Oh, what a fucking douche. Uh, but in this one, like, I actually thought it sort of captured what brought a lot of us to poker in the first place. I agree with that. And actually, the article got better as it went on. Yes. And the conclusion of it, I actually found very interesting. And I agree that idea that this is a social experience rather than about gambling about winning or losing i completely agree with it's when he starts to work in awkward poker metaphors though that it really falls apart <laughs> for example the time that his friend jeff asked him has he ever played poker i quote i said yes 
which wasn't a lie exactly. I had played a couple of times in college without great distinction or enthusiasm, but I was bluffing. <laughs> Semi-bluffing, really. I would have to back up the gamble of accepting Jeff's invitation to join the game by proving myself worthy of it, by being the kind of guy who could sit at a poker table drinking and shooting the shit. To me, that represented an all-in existential bet. Cockbollock! I don't, man, like, I definitely see it now that you guys are reading it that way, but I thought I thought it was kind of clever when I was reading it, but I I also believe that, like, your mood at the time, like, really affects how you digest something, and I think I was in a particularly good mood uh, yesterday when I was reading this article. Um, I I will say that my major issue is that I don't get how it saved his life. This is a classic clickbait headline. Uh, yeah. Or, or in the, your case, buy a magazine from a newsstand. How headline. much was it, Joe? How much did they get? Of you? You're already two hundred down on the on the stand up. What did this cost you? Oh, for the magazine? I don't know. Like it's so archaic to buy a magazine. I think it cost me like a, a bunch of stone tablets and some, <laughs> some clamshells. Um, I thought the Newsweek piece was quite interesting, though. I mean, I I know the whole kind of women in poker thing to us seems so played and seems so overdone. But I guess for some people who aren't that familiar with the game, it's still quite interesting how these people survive in what still is a predominantly male world. And I thought, you know, it was a fine little video, a fine little article. You know, what's funny is that I, I watch this now, like, with sort of two sets of eyes, like, you know, the mainstream set of eyes that, like, this is probably, like, a good thing. And uh, and then, like, the woke, super liberal set of eyes that pretty much exists in poker anyway and being like, oh, why are we still asking this question? Kind of what you just said. But uh, I, and when I watch the interviews, I'm like, oh, man, how is this response going to go over with those two sets of people? And I really like Liv's. Uh, answers and I feel like Liv does a great job of addressing what the people are asking but also um, defending poker and saying like I don't really find it to be that big of a deal and uh, pretty much everyone is pretty cool and doesn't act like it's that big of a deal so I I like that she sort of goes to bat for our industry in a way yeah Uh, by the way did you even know that Newsweek were in Monte Carlo covering the Pokestars championship no (laughs) um well, that was one of my other jobs not. I didn't tell you about, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. And also, who's this Maria Kanakova or whoever they interviewed uh, wearing a PokerStars patch? And I'm like, I, and by the way, speaks perfect English. Like when it was someone I didn't recognize with a name like that, I was like, oh, she might, we're here come the subtitles. But no. <laughs> Yeah, my understanding is that she's uh, a psychologist who's taken a deepening interest in the game. I mean, obviously, she told some stories of how she's been treated in Las Vegas, which sadly seemed totally believable, having played at many a 1-2 game late night in various Vegas casinos. Um, but uh, Wait, James, speaking of those subtitles, did you notice all the typos in oh them? Oh, my God. They, I was on... So I was on Uber Tilt. <laughs> Uber Tilt from the bad subtitles. There was one really bad one where she goes, that's how he sees me. And C had an apostrophe no! in it. And, <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, that James is probably losing it. I also quite appreciated the uh, correction at the end. In the original version of this article, we incorrectly identified one of the players as Selena Lim. <laughs> <laughs> no Lim at Hold'em. Um, those were the two mainstream articles, but Joe... You've highlighted a moment from the media. Did you guys listen to this? We've got it. It's so fucking bizarre. Kevin Martin, okay, has been on Big Brother in Canada, and none of us are really watching it. 
But for some reason, he decides in alone in his room to go on this name dropping poker stars rant. Um, and it's uh, we'll just play it for you. It's it's fucking bizarre. I think bizarre. first of all, you have to paint the picture. He is basically on his own, walking, pacing, pacing backwards and forwards. Like a cage just imagine tiger. Kevin Martin from Team Online pacing backwards and forwards. What up, Ad Peely Neymar? What up, Ad Jamie Staples? Miss you, buddy. <laughs> the Sunday Million by now. What up, Matt? Thank you. Hopefully Matt won the Mini Million. I didn't. What up, Twitch family? Talk of P. Jason Somerville. How you guys doing? I wonder what the Twitch poker landscape is like. <laughs> what? what? No, you don't. Someone could have won the Sunday Million on Twitch, and I wouldn't even know about it. Yo, can someone tweet at PokerStars and tell them that they are the best sponsor in the world? And I can't what? wait to get back to work. Please stop talking about brand names. <laughs> <laughs> That's so freaky. I kept expecting, when I first watched it, I watched the video clip, and I was just expecting the, the camera to like zoom back out, and there'd just be like feces, handprints all over <laughs> the wall. Like Because I thought this is... I mean, he is like just pacing up and down, just rambling and just like rocking, chatting to himself. I can promise you that if I was ever on Big Brother, you would never find a clip being me pacing around going... What's up at J underscore hard again? <laughs> That's What's the up? weirdest thing. I mean, it's strange enough in itself, but the fact that he keeps referring to everyone by their at handle. Do you think he knows they've got real names? Maybe that's the world we live in now. It's like Tron, only really fat and dull. It's like he just <laughs> doesn't know that everyone's just, why is there no at in front of your name? It's like, are you, but, were you an original, like Zion, were you, were you born with no holes in your back? Serious question, though. Do you think that having been incarcerated for three months, <laughs> that he's actually starting to lose his mind? I actually think it's that these kids today are raised immediately to be aware of their media presence and like getting their plugs in and like thanking the Twitch community. It's like, just be a real person. Be like, I miss my friend Jamie. I miss my friend Matt. Nah. Well, obviously, Kevin is very interested to know what's going on in the uh, online poker landscape. <laughs> so for his benefit, let's run through some of the big winners in Scoop because you did mention at the start of the show, Joe, that we are very much into Scoop right now. And there have been some high-profile winners over the course of the last week. Charlie Carroll uh, won event 16, the high, of course, which was the uh, PLO 8 6 Max event. Justin wow. Bonomo won his second scoop in the eight-game tournament. Another scoop winner, a friend of this podcast, Sam Grafton. Absolute debacle. I'm fuming. <laughs> Sam won event 27, which was the No Limit Omaha 8 8 max. Uh, shout out also to a couple of last year's November 9. Kenny Hallett won event 29. And a few days before that, Jerry Wong won the $2,100 Raz event. And most recently, event 30, the $2,100 No Limit 6 max event was won by Adrian Mateos. Uh -oh. <laughs> Buenos dias, Adrian. Also, Kenny Haller, part, I don't know if we really drew attention, it's part of the last ever November 9, it seems like. Yes, indeed. That's now been dumped. The final table will conclude in July. Well, we don't have any of those winners with us today, but we do have a man who played the 25K High Roller event and streamed himself playing in that tournament alongside someone with the same first name as him. This is a very long and complicated way of saying <laughs> that Jason Mercier is the guest on this week's podcast. So welcome 
back to poker in the ears, Jason Mercia. The Merce Dog. <laughs> Jason, um, did you say that people sometimes come up to you and will do the Merce Dog to you? Yes. Yes. A lot of times it's more like guys in the distance, like 20 feet away, like, Merce Dog, what up? <laughs> they don't really bark uh, at me too often, but. Oh, they don't they, get the barks in. Not too. I mean, that's like probably 5% of the people that yell Merce Dog end up barking, but. <laughs> if they don't bark, I think you should just look at them like deadpan and just go, bark. <laughs> <laughs> now. Bark for me. Uh, Jason, where are you in the world? Are you back home or are you still in Canada? I, I am back home, actually. Uh, I came home yesterday to Florida, um, decided I was going to skip the last week of Scoop, uh, just have a lot of things going on here and wanted to, to spend some time in Florida before heading to Vegas for, uh, you know, the World Series long time. Uh, what, in fact, happened while you were in Toronto? You streamed a 25K event for the second year in a row? Uh, yes. So I streamed the 25K event. I actually was in for two bullets. Uh, Jason Somerville hosted it. Uh, lasted maybe five hours. And eventually uh, I got knocked out for a second time. Um, was there any difference this year? Did you fear, feel more or less comfortable streaming it? Were it was it the same feeling uh, of being broadcasting such a big event? Uh, well, last year I did a hundred k event, um, and that was a little more, I guess, nerve wracking or, or uncomfortable uh, than doing this event. This event, well, especially since it was my second time doing it. Um, and the buy-in was a quarter of what it was the, the previous time. It was a much more casual feeling. Uh, didn't really uh, feel too much pressure for you know how I was playing or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty uh, easy feel. And uh, you know, just wish that I could have uh, put up a result on the stream this time. Yeah, that would have been fun to see. If if somebody decided they wanted to go back and watch the stream of you and Jason, are there any, um, highlights you could point them toward? Uh, well, I mean, there, there aren't too many. I mean, I, uh, I had a very interesting hand that was like one of the first hands I played, uh, where, um, I had ace King and value bet the river with top two pair, but on a paired and flush board, um, and, uh, got raised by Charlie Carroll, who I didn't know was actually Charlie Carroll at the time. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, I, I kind of like am going through whether or not to call or fold for, you know, a solid, probably half my time bank I used on one of the first hands that I played. So, uh, and then ended up calling correctly. He was bluffing. So that was probably, uh, the most interesting hand that I, that I think that I played, uh, on the stream. Do you think that had you known it was Charlie Carroll, you would have made the same decision and or made it quicker? Uh, you know, I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, I probably still would have made the same decision. Uh, it was sort of like just interesting after the fact um, that it was him. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, if it's like a name that I sort of recognize or whatever, I, I just assume that there's some like hundred K regular, you know, somebody that right. plays the, the super high rollers and, uh, 
yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely a capable player, and I don't think that his line made very much sense in the hand. So uh, that's why I eventually decided to uh, call him. So are you one of those guys that you don't really do like a ton of research on the players that are in a relatively small field event? Uh, sometimes I do, but uh, generally not really. I mean, uh, a lot of times I'm uh, going off of just my memory for how I think the account plays or not. Um, and uh, if, I mean, sometimes I'll look it up, you know, if I'm very curious or like the name is there and I'm like, I think this is Sam Greenwood, but I'm not a hundred percent. So then I'll Google it uh, to make sure that, that I'm actually playing against the person that I think that I am. Got it. So you mentioned Jason, that this is the second time you've done this playing a big buy-in event with Jason Somerville hosting the stream. When you go to Toronto to play these events, do you just stream with Jason Somerville or do you stay with Jason Somerville as well? Uh, yeah, actually, I was staying in the same house as him uh, for about a week, and I did that last year as well for the WCOOP. So uh, the intention this year was to go up there and uh, play the last two weeks of Scoop and just kind of stream. Uh, uh, initially started with streaming the 25K, and then potentially I was going to stream a little more here and there, like let's say his stream ended and uh, and I was only in one table, possibly hopping on his stream again. But um, we ended up leaving early, and also there there didn't end up being any opportunities for me to to jump on the stream uh, before I left. We need behind the scenes stories. We need to know yeah. what exists in Casa del Somerville <laughs> beyond the dirty basement. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, when he finally finishes. Uh, streaming usually uh, he comes out into the living room and uh, and we watch sports and uh, and that's about it i mean we're we're playing poker and he he's like one of the most uh, i i don't know the right word for it but he's just he's able to do the same thing over and over and over like i don't know how he's able to do it but i could never just like stream 12 hours a day for three months straight and never see the sunlight. Um, like, I think that he came with us to go eat or something at one point and which is a rarity. Like he usually doesn't leave the house and he was like, Oh, is it cold outside? You know? And it was like one of the, <laughs> one of the coldest days. Like he's like, yeah, I haven't been outside in like five days. I mean, I, during scoop and W coop to be fair, I don't leave the house too often, but at least like I'm going to Starbucks in the morning. I might walk the dog for a few minutes, you know, like I know what the weather's like, you know, it's not a, a complete, uh, you know, closed off from society. So he didn't burst into flames as soon as the sun hit his bare arms. Because <laughs> I'm always no, worried. I'm always put worried. put his feet on and like Unabomber, you know, cover right. up his face. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Because he eats the same thing every day too, right? That's another thing that's that's crazy about him is like <laughs> he has macaroni and cheese for breakfast every morning, which, <laughs> which is like, I mean, I love mac and cheese like once a week for a <laughs> my dinner, you know, but not like for breakfast every morning. Does he like? Does he di differentiate between? Does he like put muesli in his mac and cheese for breakfast, and then like a slice uh, of tomato for lunch, <laughs> and then maybe like some salmon? in with it for dinner or something uh, i don't think he eats any of those things scoop he, of he ice eats, cream for dessert maybe you know go crazy 
he eats the most plain things I've ever seen. I mean, he, he can't <laughs> like, he can have like cheese pizza or like spaghetti or, <laughs> I mean, he eats like off of the kids menu. Basically. <laughs> I think we're now getting a very accurate picture of why Jason was so keen to leave Toronto and go back home to Florida <laughs> as quickly as possible. Uh, obviously you mentioned Jason, you've got some stuff you want to deal with at home before you go to Vegas, for the world series. We all know, that fatherhood looms has it sunk in yet has reality hit yeah uh yeah i mean definitely uh, it's uh it's are you kidding me james this kid's reality was winning a million dollars when he was 19 years old he doesn't know what the fuck reality is (laughs) uh uh, i was actually 21 so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's cool you know like uh natasha's telling me uh every few days how far along she is you know and uh (laughs) (laughs) Jason can't keep track himself that's nice like i'm two days further now time flies when you're playing poker every day so you know she's like do you know how far along i am and i'll be like uh let me guess 18 weeks in two days she's like i'll be 20 weeks tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) you've got to know this shit but seriously jason is this going to affect your life are you going to be able to still play as much poker are you going to be able to travel as much once you have kids uh, of course it's going to affect my life. And, uh, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to play a little less poker, definitely travel a little less. Um, you know, but we're going to kind of play it by ear and see how it goes. You know, we're going to see how we feel with traveling with a baby, uh, on a few trips. And, uh, if it's something that we feel like is too much for Natasha or too much for the both of us, then, you know, she, she'll probably end up staying in Florida and, uh, you know, I'll go on trips by myself, but, um, you know, I'll probably be, be definitely trying to scale back my travel schedule over the next few years, especially if we're, we start to have multiple kids. Just like his poker game. It's, he's got a fluid game plan. He's going to adapt. He's going to adjust. <laughs> exactly. Same exact Just, thing. Poker is like, yeah, well, I want to find out a, a little bit about, uh, a little, more life, a little less poker. What are some traditions or things that you experienced growing up that you want to make sure you pass along to your children? Like, what's like a thing that you did that you're like, we're, like we went on this road trip every summer and that's what we're doing. Like what kinds of things do you already know you want to do with your kids? Mm, that is a good question. Um, you're going to go to uh, San Remo. You're going to play a poker. Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Just I like mean, I, I did. Wanna- want to teach them poker but that's not necessarily a, a tradition i mean gambling was uh, was not something that was part of my uh my family growing up it was actually like frowned upon so um it, it definitely i i want my kids to play sports you know and i want to be uh like a coach for their teams so uh that's something that my dad did for me like he was always whether he uh was the head coach or the assistant coach or just a dad that helped out or you know always came to my games so that's something that I want to do for my kids and uh that's one of the reasons why I don't think I'm going to be traveling as much uh especially you know in in 5 10 years when my my kids are playing sports that's uh, that's really cool. So, who in your family is designated to buy your kid their first baseball glove? Uh, that would be me, probably. They're <laughs> gonna do it. Okay, that's uh, that's important. Whoever gives maybe, the kid the first baseball glove is very important. Maybe my dad would. My dad, uh, baseball was was the uh, 
that was his sport. So that was the first sport that I started playing, but I transitioned into playing basketball a lot more. Um, but yeah, my, my dad's, uh, you know, still, still big into baseball and, and that was his love growing up. So I have one final baby question for you. Now you had a poker relationship. You had a poker engagement. Mm -hmm. Um, will you name, (laughs) (laughs) will your baby have a poker name? Are you going to name the baby Doyle or Amarillo? Uh, or Elkie? (laughs) Amarillo or Elky. Uh, I I don't think we're going to have poker involved in the name. Uh, Natasha did have like a list of names that she presented to me and uh, which were all horrendous, by the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, one of them was Ace. And I was like, Ace, are you crazy? (laughs) That's brilliant. Will your, will your child be presented by poker stars? Like will, every time you say the name, will it have to be like followed by presentable? And his, can I introduce you to Emily Mercier, presented by poker stars? Because <laughs> I, I don't know if you've checked the terms of your contract, but I think that everything you produce is owned by the company, and I, I don't think it stipulates between media and children. I am going to have to look at page twenty-nine of my contract. <laughs> <laughs> One last poker question then, Jason. World Series of Poker this year. You're going to be heading there at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Similar schedule to last year, playing everything, trying to win a crazy number of bracelets? Uh, I, I don't think so, to be honest. Um, you, you know, the uh, the thing is, is that I, I really want to play more cash games this summer. Um, I think the games are going to be really good in Bobby's room. And... Uh, you know, last year it was great and everything, winning, winning the bracelets and, and doing all those bets, but it was very draining for me. And uh, not that I don't want to do it, but I, I'm not sure that I'm going to get as good of odds as I did last year. And uh, I might just kind of split my schedule between playing the tournaments that I want to play and uh, and being in Bobby's room a lot of the time. I haven't officially decided that yet, but that's kind of where I'm leaning for now. That's crazy that we're just one year away from that ridiculous summer last summer. I mean, I'm just remembering all that now. So good luck, buddy. I hope you make as much uh, much as much news this summer as you did last summer. Yeah, that would be great, hopefully. Do you want to start off your World Series of Poker <laughs> preview right now with a win in one of my stupid games, Jason Mercier? Oh, God, I'm so good at these. Hit <laughs> <laughs> me with it. Jason, of all of the abysmal performances we've had over my stupid games, yours are usually the worst. Please do not disappoint me. We're going to play another round of your favorite game, Mercigories. Oh, God. Here where go. every answer uses the Merce sound, okay? Yep. yep. Like Mercier. And uh, I've added something to help you recently, Jason, in that you can, uh, if you need a lifeline, you can Hector a Hardigan or you can beg a Broughton. It's very popular. Okay. But I have to choose? Yes. You you actually have to do it. You either have to Hector a Hardigan or Bag of Broughton. Okay. You get both, though. You can use them both, but just, you know, one at a time, probably. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Here we go. Question number one in Mercigories. A man's purse is sometimes known as a... I I know this one. It's a Merce. Yes! Worst case scenario, you scored one point. I was begging that that I was just praying that that was going to be <laughs> <laughs> question number two 
the type of theater or a live show you might go to where you actually walk around on the set and become part of the show, like Sleep No More or You Me Bum Bum Train. <laughs> it's called. Oh my god. Uh... Mm. Don't forget, you can Hector Hardigan or Becca Broughton. Uh- I am going to beg a brow in here. Okay, right. I don't know what those silly words were at the end, but say the first bit of the question again, Joe. The type of theater or live show you might go to where you actually walk around on the set and become a part of the show. The show happens around okay. you. Is it immersive? Immersive theater is correct. Well, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. I was going to say immersion theater. That I would have given you that. I would have given you that. Yeah. Uh, I wasted my bag of Browden. That's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. See you next week. You still have a Hector a heart again. Question number three. What Kanye song is this lyric from? Well, it is a weeping and a moaning and a gnashing of teeth. It is a weeping and a moaning and a gnashing of teeth. Wow. What a great lyricist. Thanks for that reminder, Joe. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a, a backup que- uh, clue. Okay, Lamborghini Mercy, your chick, she's so thirsty. I'm in that two-seat Lambo with your girl, she trying to jerk me. Uh, I think it's La- Lamborghini Mercy, right? Mercy is correct. We're giving it to him. <laughs> <laughs> trying so hard. I knew it. All right, you might have to Hector Hardigan on this one. Question number four. English performer and songwriter whose career launched from being runner-up on X Factor and has a hit song called My Heart Skips a Beat. Uh, I'm going to Hector Hardigan here. I'm not embarrassed to say that I'm a fan of this guy. Ollie Murs. Ollie Murs is correct. Is Jason go- having a perfect score right now? Yeah, he's four for four. Four for four. Well, he give me the, those awesome lifelines that are just locks. <laughs> <laughs> Three questions to go. Hey, remember that game you used to play when you were a kid and you would try to break each other's hands? What was that called? Uh, that was called Mercy. Yes, Mercy again. Yes, yeah. Mercy. Five for two, five. Two questions left to go. What's something that a carpenter would do to a nail? He does what to it? He... Uh, something that... Hmm. A carpenter blanks a nail. I think I've just worked this out, and you are so scraping the barrel here, Stapleton. <laughs> just say it. Just say it. I know you're. It's, it's I, exactly what you're thinking, Jason. He immerses it. <laughs> no, he hammers the nail. Hammers and, the nail. And, that's right. Immerses it. <laughs> okay last question just when it started getting painful it's perfect Uh, who invaded Spain in the 8th century (laughs) I take it back now you're really scraping the barrel yeah Yeah, you were just lifting the lid off the barrel when you thought you were scraping the bottom of it here we go heads down (laughs) who invaded Spain in the 8th century Mm. it's from a popular episode of Seinfeld entitled The Bubble Boy Morgan Freeman in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was one of these. That really doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> we were I'm... looking for the Moors. The Moors. <laughs> so that's not even <laughs> that's useful. Not, that's not even your fault. I can't even. I, don't I can't even, even really. know what that is. 
And, and on that bombshell, we'll draw a line under this. Uh, Jason, you scored the majority five out of seven correct. Yes, that's my best score ever. And guess what? The good news is I've completely run out of Murr's things to ask you, so you can really? never play this really? game Really? I can't again. believe that. No, that seems so unlikely, Joe, with the quality of those. You can never come back as you'll, a guest. You'll think up more for next year, I'm sure. Matt was trying to help me with this, and he was like, he's like, how about ferry across the Murr's? He's like, nope, used it. Nope, used it. <laughs> so I think, I think we're going to retire that game. Jason Mercy, you're the best. Thanks, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Adventures in Online Poker! Strictly speaking, I guess Scoot was also online poker. Thanks once again to Jason Mercia. But Matt, this is your moment. This is your hour. You announced, not on this podcast, I know. <laughs> but on social media, that you're now a permanent member of the PSO team. Yeah, and I am sorry, because don't forget, it would have served me incredibly well to have been able to talk about it last week, because I would have had more than 90 viewers, I'm sure. But, uh, yes, it was confirmed on Thursday, so after we'd already recalled the podcast, that I am going to be streaming on a weekly basis uh, alongside such legends as Lee H. Jones. Um, my own little Monday, Mon- Monday night with Matt, we're going to call it. Beautiful. Was that you your guys? idea, or did you have a professional marketing consultant come in and advise on the branding? <laughs> do you know what? We had a conversation. Um, it lasted <laughs> several weeks. No, do you know what? I actually had to just... I was a Skype conversation and said, right, well, now that's confirmed, we need to put something up as soon as possible. What, what are we going to call it? Well, I don't know. Haven't you got any ideas? Like, Matt, Matt, Matt on a Monday, Monday, Matt, 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 Matt nights. And we just went, right, we'll just put Monday night with Matt. So that's it. It's Monday night with Matt. So is there a theme to it? Is it just you playing various online games and talking through your thinking? It's very funny. I actually did an interview earlier on with the PSO guys, and my answer wait, to Wait, that, wait, wait, wait. We're not even the first interview you're doing <laughs> no. about what this? What the fuck? How does Jesus Poker School Christ, Online on my own show precedence over us? <laughs> I'm sorry. They just move faster than you. They don't have as many conversations. They just Also, they don't have a very specific weekly hour deadline for when the show is recorded. Um, no, is it's going to be very much moulded by the audience because there's quite a juicy uh, PSO so forum existence. Um, so as soon as it was confirmed that I was on, I went straight on there and just put a poll that said, because right now there's quite a few different tutors and it's mostly focusing on Hold'em. And though we've joked about it, you know, I kind of quite like the Raz and the Do 7 yeah. single draw and Badoogie and all that. And and the good news is I put up I put up a poll hoping that no one just said, Hold'em, we just want Hold'em, Hold'em all the time. And actually, they 65 or something percent of the votes came in saying, no, teach us some other games because also the PSO community has um, their own home game group, which is pretty thriving. Right. So the plan is that we're going to look at some games beyond Hold'em. Obviously, there'll be Hold'em in there, but that maybe we'll focus on Raz for a couple of weeks and then the culmination will be at the end of the month, we have a big home game and everyone gets to flex their Raz muscles. But... In truth, it will go where it goes. I did a couple of hours on Monday, and actually I just sat in some sit-and-goes because one of the bunches of questions that came through the forum were asking me about opening bet sizes. So I was like, right, that's the theme. We're just going to play poker, but the overriding theme that I will try and keep coming back to is discussing opening raises. Is it 3x here? Is it 2.2 here? And so there's, it's going to basically be a bit of community and a bit of fun. I got prizes to give away, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
So you actually released on Twitter earlier today one of the hands you played, which was a Hold'em hand. It was a Hold'em hand. It was all Hold'em. Which was a wonderfully brutal suck out. Yeah, I actually took it down. I realised how awful the quality is and I forgot. But of course, the fact that I was streaming all this myself, I've got the original file. So I will put it back up there. Keep an eye out for it. I'll, I'll tag it because on Twitter, it's PokerStars PSO is how the poker school online exists. So I'll, I'll put it up there and I'll link it to the to the poker in the show as well. But I'm going to edit a slightly better quality, but it was a absolutely brutal suck out. And it was also, just for a nanosecond, I forgot I was on camera because I just roar with laughter like you do when you know you've made a dreadful, dreadful mistake and then the cards just come down perfectly and I had no shame whatsoever about myself. We've got to figure out how to get a message to Kevin Martin in the Big Brother house because Mondays with Matt is oh. the exact change in the Twitch poker landscape that he was worried about. What up, at the waster? Um, I need to ask, Matt, you obviously drew attention already to the fact that you were broadcasting to, shall we say, a more select audience than yeah. we would normally with one of our live streams. Did that have the benefit of the interaction? Were there any names in the Twitch chat that you recognised? There were a few. There were Smitty came along, um... Big, big yard macker. There were, there were, there were a, maybe a very small percentage of the audience were like people that we know. And and to be honest, I don't really want to cannibalize that that audience because the thing is, do you know what? I'm a little bit torn because what I discovered, and I'm going to be really honest, we've done promotions with the post school, but there's so much free stuff. <laughs> and to a couple of my mates, I was like, oh my god, there's like there's this scratch card thing where it's free and you scratch it and you win tickets to stuff that's got real money, and they're not mega big like you know handouts there'll be like a ten dollar guarantee thing but if you're starting up and the, the post school online is meant to be based at guys who either have never deposited real money they just do play money or they're real micro stakes and are just kind of finding their feet so it's perfect for them but there's so much free stuff i don't want anyone to flood poke school online with like our audience but it's worth it's worth plugging in because a couple of mates i gave the tip off to they're like oh my God, I just signed up and I got all this free stuff. I'm like, I know, don't tell anyone. But I've kind of told you all now. But it was nicer as an experience having like 90 people because everyone, people sometimes just want to say, what's Joe been up to? Or they think they're going to get loads of behind the scenes stories out of me because they have my undivided attention. But a lot of the guys were really pouring over their hands. And even with a three minute delay, there were people saying, why did you bet the turn there? Why didn't you, uh, why didn't you just check call with the sixes? And I'm like, wow. And I had to keep going back through the hand history. So these guys are genuinely looking to improve their game. They're not just looking for a handout. But I'm liking it. It's early doors for me, but we'll, we'll see how it develops. Well, Joe will not be outshone. You want your own adventure in online poker, Joe. Are you still determined to go to Canada to play uh, <laughs> Phase 2 of Scoop 1? Yes, I have rebooked my flight to land in Fargo uh, 24 hours earlier. I have booked two nights in a hotel room in Winnipeg. Um, because I'll need one for the first night and then I'll at least be there part of the day the next day. So I had to pay for two nights. Um, some of the guys that work with me in Fargo, they're going to pick me up when I, my flight lands Saturday night at like 1030 at night. We're going to drive the three hours to Winnipeg, try to get some sleep, then play scoop phase two the next day. So like, I don't think I've cashed yet, but I don't think I'm far off. So it's 109 buy-in. So my guess is like a min cash is going to be like $180 or something. I need to probably make $500 <laughs> just to break even for this. I mean, this is um, great content. This is going to be great content, James. I mean, this is awesome. <laughs> well, the guys are going to bring uh, a setup for me to Twitch stream it if I want. Um, <gasps> Although that's going to cost an extra 500 bucks. Ben will yes, be on a Monday. 
Um, yeah, right. I'm sure I'll be like, I'll be like conflicting with Jason Somerville. And so no one will watch or I'll be conflicting with Matt and someone will go, Hey, uh, can you not do this? It's Matt. Matt's on right now. <laughs> um, I'm also rather, I'm a little bit affla- afraid to do it because I don't want to expose myself as being such a bad poker player. Like I just feel like I could be out in three hands and that would be really embarrassing. <laughs> so I may have technical difficulties oh. that day, but I will tell you guys about whatever happens by the time we do this show next. Fantastic. Well, by the time we do this show next, Scoop will be over because, of course, the main event is coming up this weekend, Sunday, the 21st of May, and that's the event we're going to highlight in the lobby this week. Scoop 55, the main event, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, that's 2 p.m. by the way, not 2 a.m. And of course, as with every scoop, there's a low, there's a medium, and there's a high. So the low main event is a $109 buy. And I know that's still quite pricey, but remember, satellites are still running on stars. That's got a $1.5 million guarantee. The medium is a $1,050 buy, and that's a $3 million guarantee. The high is a 10K. $10,300 wow. to play the high, but the guarantee five million dollars and again satellites for the low the medium and the high all three events kicking off at the same time sunday the 21st of may 2 p.m eastern time and joe i know you like full disclosure it's a multi-day event (laughs) well that's the same day that i'm playing uh phase two the scoop is may 21st so yes and you still have that 109 dollar ticket that you won in the spin and go so you could play the main as well. I could, except I have to be in Fargo working by like noon on Monday. So maybe that's not the best idea for me to enter a two-day event. Alternatively, you could just tell the people in Fargo that you're having technical difficulties <laughs> getting back. Uh, it's a t- look, I-, I do think that they're kind of flexible. So if I happen, because the other thing is phase two is supposed to conclude, I believe it- there's another phase. Uh, another day to even the tournament I'm playing. So I think that the final table of what I'm playing and the final table of the main will probably overlap some. So why not? <laughs> why not play them both? Because I'll either miss them both or I'll miss work for both. Who knows? Okay, it's time to go stateside because we have this week's super fan hanging on the line. Super fan versus states. Seems like only a couple of weeks ago we were in Las Vegas, Nevada, and guess what? We're going back as we say hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to Sean Gunnels. Welcome, Sean. Hey, thanks, guys. Hi, Sean. How's it going? Ready to lose, bud? <laughs> Sean, uh, yes. Is this this is what it's come to? That's great because I was going to uh, mention Sean's uh, little Skype photo here. What is that? About two hundred twenty dollars in front of you in that sack? <laughs> It might have been 240. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't really, uh, I can't really, I, I mean, I do admire you for posting a photo of nearly $250 in front of you in Las Vegas, but I will say that's probably the biggest stack I've ever had in front of myself. Also, <laughs> so. I use the red to intimidate my opponents, so. <laughs> I mean, look, there's two big stacks of red and one little tiny stack of white. Sean, what do you do for realsies? Uh, well, aside from playing poker all the time, uh, I work in a uh, terrible restaurant. Oh, tell us more about the terrible restaurant, or is he not allowed to do that? You can talk about it as long as you don't name it, because none oh, of us shit. wants to get sued. 
tell us some of the defining characteristics of this terrible restaurant that we could maybe then use to infer the name ourselves. Like, is there a is there like a burger there called a large macker? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little more uh, you know classy than that. Um, what do you do there? You're a waiter. Yeah, that's right. How are your tips generally? Are you charming? Do people take care of you? I'm charming, but uh, I really don't care enough to get good <laughs> tips. I think so. Oh wow! I kind of just I kind of just get what I get, you know. So is the uh, dream, Sean, to be a full time poker player? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of part time right now. I play on um, uh, the only the only uh, website that we can play on here in uh, Nevada. So I play on that most of the time grinding out the five dollar sit and goes for a living uh when you say for a living uh, how sarcastic is that are you able to supplement your your amazing 16 and a half percent tip rate <laughs> with with uh, some five dollar sit and goes uh i think i made more playing poker last year than i did waiting tables but it, considering i work at a bad restaurant that's not uh, <laughs> so much of a a great uh, you know idea of how much skill i've got well, uh, how is that? Um, how are you not moving up then if you're uh, booking these wins? Is that in the plan? Yeah, it's in the plan. I think mostly my biggest leak is that uh, once I win at poker, I decide to uh, stop working so much and let uh-huh. poker sort of pay the bills, and then I'm back to where I started. So it's a leak I got to work on. Buddy, I built my I built my entire career on that. It just wasn't <laughs> playing poker. Now, obviously, Sean, we would love to be able to help you in your quest to be a better winning a poker player, but sadly, we can't because you are an American. Uh, so all we can do is offer you merchandise, including the chop pot hoodie and something random from the Sochi prize pack, as yet unknown. Um, you have chosen as your specialist subject in this quiz, a TV show I have never seen a single frame of, Trailer Park Boys. I have one simple question. Why? (laughs) You know, I think because um, I move around quite a lot, and usually when I do, when I first get to a place, I set up the TV and just get something going, just so I can have something on. And it's, it's usually Trailer Park Boys, and I've probably seen the whole series maybe 25 times just out of boredom. Matt? Joe? I'm a little worried about this quiz, considering that uh, he's seen the whole series 25 times. I've seen seasons one and two, and it was a bit of a chore. Yeah, and you mentioned that it was a while ago, because I like to know whether to like just give you spelling questions or to actually go for it. And I think you said, I've seen two seasons a while back or something. Yeah, I want to know how Sean got onto the show, because like a Canadian forced me to watch it at gunpoint. So how does a guy in Las Vegas get his hands on this? Uh, you know what? It was something that used to come on a long time ago. I used to watch a show called Kenny and Spinny. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but it was uh, the, just the, the most disgusting show and ridiculous. And Trailer Park Boys used to come on after it. And for whatever reason, man, it just hit me and I thought it was hilarious and been watching it ever since. All right. Well, well the thing is, you're going to have to bear with me, Sean, because ordinarily, if we get a quiz where I know nothing about the subject, I'll, like, I'll, I'll farm it out and say, does anyone know anything about course fishing? And a bunch of guys I know will <laughs> pop up. Whereas on this instance, I said, has anyone ever heard of Trailer Park Boys? And there was tumbling tumbleweed across Facebook for many weeks. Forgive my ignorance. Is it even screened in the United Kingdom? I have no idea. Pro- probably not. I-, I don't know. I don't. It's I-, on I, had a, I had to buy it off of iTunes. And it is on Netflix. Yeah. In, in most locales. Oh, well. Well, look, let's have a go at this. I mean, you'll have to excuse me if I pronounce every single character's name wrong, having never heard of it or anything. But good luck, everyone. Let's do this thing. Who's going first? Sean, which I believe is pronounced Scene. Scene. 
<laughs> Just joking. You mother. <laughs> it's my favourite Sean joke. Okay, Sean, your first question. And in all instances, there's multiple choice available. If you can just nail the answer, you get two points. If you have to go for the multiple choice, you just get one. I won't repeat that every time. It is true for the whole quiz. Okay, Sean, what kind of liquor does Jim Lahey drink most of the time? Um, let me get the choices. Okay, you have got Canada House, Jedor Premium, Canadian Mist, or Eight Star? Uh, premium. That is correct. Sorry, it took me a minute to... Jedor Premium, that is absolutely correct. That is a point. There's a bonus. One of the times we see the drink's name is when Randy tells Jim that he is marrying Lucy. I've no idea who any of these people are. Can you name the episode when... Randy tells Jim that he's marrying Lucy, whoever these people are. Oh, God, I'm so terrible at the the, the names of the episodes. I'm going to guess um, Randy is a uh, cheeseburger walrus. <laughs> no, it was Let the Liquor Do the Thinking. I noticed this is one of those hilarious uh, shows where every show has like one of them really pathetic kind of friends, the one where Joey trips over sort of names correct how are we supposed to keep them straight matt there's four thousand episodes true okay just watch them once and never think about it again that's my tip joe okay according to u.s census figures what percentage of the american population live in trailer parks oh see see what i've done there i've helped you out by not just focusing on the show when you say american i assume that you just mean the united states of american though huh do you know what, Joe? I really can't give you any more information than the thing I cut and paste off the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm looking for a percentage. We're going to go with go on. Uh, three, 3%. No, it's actually 6%. It's more than 20 million wow. people apparently across the, uh, the U.S. Uh, living trailer parks. There's a bonus here. In an attempt to improve its image, what are trailer parks more recently referred to as in the USA? There are two options uh, you can go for here. Oh, I can have a multiple choice? No, no, no. As in there are two answers I will accept. Okay. Uh, mobile home park. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking for mobile home communities or manufactured uh, housing sites. My God, new speakers are So now your manufactured housing site trash, which just isn't the same. Okay, <laughs> Sean, back to you. What was Officer Jim Lahey's partner before he was arrested on Halloween night in 1977? You're just reading words. You don't yeah, know what they mean. Yeah, I know. I don't know what they mean. All I know is that there's somebody called... Is it Jim Lahey or Lahey? Sean? Lahey. Lahey. So Officer Jim Lahey, who I'm guessing now is a policeman or something, he had a partner before he was arrested on Halloween night. That was uh, that's that's the dumbest cop on the force. That's Jim Green or no, um, Green George Green. George Green. We'll let we'll let you get away with a Jim slip. Okay. Wow. Joe, back to you. I'm giving a Jim slip to Sean right now. <laughs> <laughs> a tradition in the series is that Ricky will do what for an entire season. Ricky. Well, a tradition in the series is that Ricky will do what for an entire season. Yeah. Multiple choice available as always. All right, let's multiple choice. Okay, does he wear the same shirt, always be eating, never cut his hair, or always wear odd shoes? He w- wears the same shirt. He does wear the same shirt. Well done. One That's point. a point. The score, 3-1. Now, this one for you, Sean. This, I mean, again, I'm just reading out the words, but these are really weird words to read out. What <laughs> are the names of Phil Collins's two sons? <laughs> <laughs> um... 
I want to do it without the, the stupid choices, but uh, <laughs> they're not I'd stupid. Right. They're multiple. The multiple, <laughs> the stupid multiple choice, please. Right. You'd like okay. <laughs> Are Phil Collins's sons Tommy and Jackie, Jacob and Tommy, Jacob and Timmy, or Jackie and Timmy? Thing is, Jacob and Tommy. You're absolutely correct for one point. There's a bonus here. Though he was made main cast in Series 7, Jacob had appeared in earlier seasons as secondary characters. Can you give me one such appearance by Jacob? Yeah, he was the uh, convenience store clerk. He absolutely was. Well done. James has never looked so so completely non-engaged by a competition in my life before. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm in difficult. a heads-up sit-and-go where like the other guy disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Holy Ouch, shit! What a burn! I can't. I mean, what? I can't even be mad at that. It was so good. <laughs> okay, Joseph, can you give me two of the top five U.S. states recorded as having most mobile homes? Two of the top five U.S. states with the most mobile homes. Okay, yeah. we're gonna go with uh, Texas. No. Okay. And we're, we're, now, in this instance, James, do we give him? We give him at least another shot for yeah. one point. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Florida. Right. No. I can tell you that I have South Carolina, New Mexico, West Virginia, Mississippi, and Alabama. Make of that what you will. There's a bonus. I'm really trying to make this interesting. Interestingly, says Matt in this piece of paper, only one of those states appears in the top five U.S.'s poorest states. Because obviously there's a, you know, people tend to think Trailer Park is the poor thing. But only one of those five I just read, Joe, is in the top five of the U.S.'s poorest states. Which one? Mississippi. That is correct. It is an average annual income of $37,000. Look, we're learning and being slightly entertained. Absolutely. At the end of that round, superfan Sean has five. Joe Stapleton has two. Right, okay. Uh, Sean, good luck. Uh, what was Randy's name in the original Trailer Park Boys black and white film from 1999? There's a fell. <laughs> <laughs> good God, man. How, how deep are these quizzes? I thought, uh, let, me, let, me get the, let me get the multiples on this one. Okay. So was Randy's name in the original film Randy, Todd Verne, Ronnie Daniels, or Patrick Lewis? God, I've never heard of any of those. Um, well, you must have heard of Randy because that's his name in the actual program. Oh, yeah, Randy. What was the what was the third one? Uh, uh, Ronnie Daniels. Yeah, let me get let me get Ronnie Daniels. I'm afraid it was Patrick Lewis. Uh, Ooh, or, I also liked him for Ronnie Daniels. So so and uh, so have you never seen the film? No, I've never seen the old uh, the old film. Apparently, right, right. This this bonus is going to be pretty tricky then. But you can take take a shot at it. In the film, Patrick Lewis, played by Patrick Roach, who plays Randy, had what personality trait? Well, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm just going to guess from the rest of the show that he was addicted to cheeseburgers. No, he was an alcoholic. But good guess, Joe. Nearly done. Something unusual <laughs> changes about Sarah every season. What is it? Something unusual, Joe, changes about Sarah every season. What is it? I thought if I this asked is, the question twice, it would sound more dynamic and people would stop fast-forwarding. This is kind of like watching, for me, my experience watching the Trailer Park Boys is that like it was really <laughs> not fun at first, but now I'm kind of used to it. Yeah. I'll be sad when it's over. <laughs> Do you need um, more choice or are you just going to go for it? What unusual changes about Sarah every season? Yeah, something unusual changes about her every season. What is it? 
See, I have a guess that if you put it in the multiple choice, I'm going to guess it anyway. But if it's not there, I'll feel really stupid. Right. Let's hear the choices. Okay. Is it that her tattoos change every season, her hair color changes every season, her eyes change color every season, or her accent changes every season? Ooh, let's go with her hair color. No, it's her tattoos. Right. Yeah. There's a bonus point here, though, Joe. So the fun doesn't end. Another I love of, bonus points. <laughs> another of Trailer Park Boys' female characters, Trina, is played by an actress who has gone on to star in blockbuster films, including Inception and X-Men. Can you name the actress, Joe? Can you? Uh, now James is interesting because there's a film, Inception, has been mentioned. Okay, I can only think of one lady character in Inception. There must have been more than one. Well, it's almost as if I've tried to give you a point here, Joe, isn't it? Just by mentioning a film that only has one female character in it. That's all I'm going to say. Shh, yeah, but, you know. But what? There was in Marian, X-Men as well. Marion Marian Cotillard. Oh, Joe! The other female character in Inception. You remember Marion? I don't know who that is. She was, she she was, was not in X-Men, was she? Ellen Page. Oh, Ellen Page was in that. Yeah, it was in both those, sure. <laughs> and she's Canadian, so that makes sense. And look, and I knew that you'd seen both the X-Men films and Inception. I well, could... I was thinking French-Canadian. <laughs> right, okay, Sean, I don't think you need it, but this is your last question. Good luck. We're all counting on you. Which channel visits Sunnyville twice? I've no idea what Sunnyville is. Once in Series 2 and once in Season 6. Uh, that's going to be Channel 10 uh, when Steve Rogers went and he, he dropped off some crabs. Oh, do, do you know what? You've nailed the question and the bonus. So <laughs> three, points, three points. The bonus point was uh, name Channel 10's reporter, which you've said is Steve Rogers. A bonus bonus, Sean, is why would that Channel 10 reporter get my uh, my gentleman's downstairs areas throbbing? Um, <laughs> I don't know you well enough uh, okay, Joe? to answer that. Steve Rogers. Uh, because it's the name of a comic book character named Captain America. Correct. Joe picks up a bonus point. Joe, your last question. Well Sell some dignity here, Joe. Well Come done. on. Actually, right. Joe, Joe must have a couple on the board, isn't he? He's got he? three, but it's, it's a, still a big margin from the current leader in this quiz. Okay. All right, Joe. Why might you think twice about moving to the Lake Shore trailer park? Because uh, it's underwater. Do you know what the funny thing is? You're wrong. Uh, but that was actually one of my bogus, uh, my multiple choice. The multiple choices were, it's a sex offender park. It's located underneath an active volcano. It floods at least once every six years. Or it's most famously the most vandalized trailer park in America. But I can tell you that it is actually a sex offender park. It is, quote, a habitat for sex offenders with 50 trailers full of perverts. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So, uh, what are the final scores after that final painful... Final score. <laughs> uh, Joe remains static on three points. Superfan Sean wins the quiz with eight points. Congratulations, Sean. Well done, sir. Good job. Thank you. My life is complete. Thank you for <laughs> indulging me, guys. <laughs> Not at all. So, obviously, we will ship you and everyone loves a Chop Pot hoodie in due course. And as I said, when we've worked out what prizes we have from our Sochi prize pack, we'll give you something extra as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Love the show. Keep it up. Thank you, mate. Sean, treat your... Treat yourself to uh, Bloody Mary. Well, next time you come into Vegas, I've got to cash in on one of those four beers I've racked up over the last 10 years listening to you. So, Okay, buddy. Anytime. All right. Thanks, guys. All 
right, guys, that is all the time we got for this week's show. As we mentioned next week, I will be done with the Scoop tournament I'm driving to Canada for. All of Scoop will actually be over, so we will be able to recap whoever it is that wins the main event. And also, we will be looking ahead to Saatchi in another five days of live streaming? Yeah, I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that Monte Carlo has been and gone and there's still another event on the horizon because for the last however many years, like 10 years, yeah. Monte Carlo, end of the season, everything's put in a cupboard until August and Barcelona. And it's like, oh, hang on a second, we're not done yet. I mean, joking aside, I have this huge pile of magazines and it's my summer reading. It's like during the winter or spring, I'm busy. But in that gap between Monte Carlo <laughs> and Barcelona, I will just sit in my garden in a big blue chair and just chew my way through the magazine. So you guys are ruining that for me. But I'm sure Sochi will make up for it. Yes, we will be talking about the live stream on next week's show. All right, until then, for James Harding and Matt Broughton, I am Joe Stapleton saying, uh, smell you later.